I think we may be looking at a, a sort of new normal in terms of international trade um, because a lot of um, countries are now rethinking, you know, whether it's a safe bet to, you know, concentrate, you know, a lot of um, production as well as sourcing um, in China. Um, of course, it's easier said than done. I mean, to diversify your markets or sourcing, you know, outside China, um, because you know China is the only place in the world where you have um, the the most comprehensive, you know, supply chains. Whatever you know, goods you you want to manufacture, you know. So um, still, it's unbeatable mm. um, the Chinese deal. Um, but sooner or later, maybe slowly. Um, you know, various countries would, you know, bump up their own manufacturing capabilities. Um, that that might have a longer-term impact on on how manufacturing in China will be conducted in the future. Raymond, thanks very much for coming in this morning. Pleasure to talk to you. Okay, thank you. That's Raymond Young, who's chief executive of the Chinese Manufacturers Association of Hong Kong. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. Quick look at the markets. Uh, nice rally going on in Asian equities. The SX200 in Australia up two thirds of one percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan up about 0.9 percent. The Cosby in South Korea is surging ahead. It's up 1.3 percent right now. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to add about 200 points. At the open. Also seeing a good rally in gold at the moment, close to a seven-year high. It's at $1,755 an ounce right now, and Brent crude oil is trading at $43.19 a barrel. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do stick around for back chat with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong coming up very shortly. The weather forecast for today, mainly fine and hot apart from isolated showers. Maximum temperature of about 32 degrees. It is going to be hot for the rest of the week. A few showers from Wednesday to Friday. Temperature right now, 29 degrees, 82% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Here's Todd Harding with the Half Hour News. European Union leaders say they've had a frank and intense exchange of views in a video conference with President Xi Jinping and Premier Li Keqiang over human rights in Hong Kong and an unbalanced trade relationship. At the conference, the EU warned China it would face very negative consequences if it pressed ahead with a new security law for Hong Kong. Here's Samantha Butler. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen and European Council Chief Charles Michel told China's top leaders of their grave concern over the new law. The stern message was delivered at a video summit with President Xi Jinping and Premier Li Keqiang. Ms von der Leyen said they'd made it clear the EU believed the national security law breached Beijing's international commitments and seriously undermined one country, two systems and Hong Kong's high degree of autonomy. She said she'd warned the Chinese leaders that Hong Kong owed its economic success to its relative autonomy from Beijing. The Justice Secretary, Theresa Cheng, says she does not believe the Chief Executive will get involved in naming judges for individual national security cases. She was attempting to play down concerns the provision will undermine judicial independence. Ms Cheng says she believes the CE will simply make a list of judges who can handle such cases. The minister said the chief executive already appointed judges on the basis of a committee's recommendations and all judges had to make rulings based on the law and evidence. An infectious diseases specialist says he's concerned about the sharp increase in imported coronavirus cases after Hong Kong recorded its biggest daily increase in more than two months yesterday. 30 people tested positive, 29 of whom arrived from Pakistan at the weekend, with reports that a further 16 have preliminary positive tests. 
Dr Joseph Sun said the government should step up testing of staff at quarantine centres and the airport to ensure there are no local transmissions. We have to closely monitor the workers who somehow working in the quarantine centres as well as the staff working in the airports to see whether there's any cases that would be happening in our places locally. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking today about national security legislation and business. Carrie Lam said yesterday that Hong Kong's impending national security legislation will be very effective in restoring business confidence and helping the local economy bounce back. But the EU warned yesterday, as we've been hearing the news there, that it would face very negative consequences if it presses ahead with the law. And a senior Chinese financial regulator said China must prepare for the risk of being cut off from the US dollar payment system in case the United States sanctions Chinese companies and banks. Do you agree with the Chief Executive? Will the business environment be better? Will it be worse or much the same after the enactment of the law? Will the EU, G7 and US actually risk trade with China. Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk or you can give us a call. Our number is 233-88266 Joining us for our first part of the discussion we have with us now uh, David Webb, Chief Editor of uh, Website.com and Felix Chong uh, of the Liberal Party Uh, and uh, later we're going to be joined by uh, MPC Deputy uh, Whitman once again, our telephone number is 233-88266. Just before we kick off, some uh, uh, emails on, on other topics uh, that came in. I think this was from actually from yesterday. Uh, Matthew says, uh, Correspondent Herman, uh, who's another regular uh, uh, contributor, uh, Herman sounded very sensitive about the suggestion that backchat correspondence identities be authenticated. I wonder if he has the same rogue vocal opposition to the CCP's social credit system, which basically tracks everything mainland people say and do, both on and offline. Herman, for or against? That is from Matthew. Richard says, on the subject of writing in, does anyone here approve of policemen writing into this programme on police pay in favour of police and the establishment? I need not even mention his name. We all know who he is from his multiple daily letters and from his strong reaction to the IPCC report. Some other wag mentioned we should give him his own programme. So prolific was his daily effort. Your tax dollars are paying for this service, folks. That comes um, from Richard. And Bowen says, I just want to extend my warmest and best wishes to David Webb, having recently heard about his health condition. We know that David Webb is intelligence incarnate, but the most important thing in life is not intelligence, but intelligence that is firmly wedded to integrity, as is clearly is in his case. Hong Kong would have been a much poorer place if he had not come to live and establish his presence here. Now we have many more decades of that. That comes from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed for that. Back chat at RTHK. HK. Uh, David Webb, good morning to you. Morning. Um, thank you very much join, for joining us uh, today. A uh, echo the comments um, by there and the best wishes from, from, from Bowen for your, for your health. Um, what about that comment by the, uh, the chief executive yesterday uh, that um, the new legislation will restore, will be very effective in restoring business confidence and helping the local economy bounce back? Do you agree? 
No, absolutely not. There's no rational connection between the two. Um, the the root causes of the um, protest movements, uh, the, the two million people who came out peacefully calling, um, first of all for the withdrawal of the extradition bill, but secondly um, for democracy in Hong Kong, um, those co those issues have not gone away. Um, there's still a gaping democracy deficit in Hong Kong. We have a legislature and chief executive uh, elected by small circles, uh, um, including um, the balance of power being held by uh, corporate voters and tycoons. Um, and uh, unless meaningful steps are taken to resolve that and bring democratic accountability into the system so that people can say they don't like the policies but they voted for them and so they can change them by changing the people uh, who, who are delivering those policies, until we get that democratic accountability, I don't think that the, um, that the uh, unrest will go away. But I hope it won't be violent. I hope we can return to large-scale peaceful protests that we saw last June, um, on, the, on the 9th and the 16th of June last year, um, and that um, the government will start to respond to that because they can, in fact, through local legislation in Hong Kong, abolish corporate voting. Um, I tried to get a list of all the uh, companies that voted in the 2016 or, or were registered to vote in the 2016 elections uh, in order to start analysing the, the power base. And I was uh, um, told that, but rather conveniently, uh, when I asked for this at the end of last year, uh, that the registers had been destroyed a month earlier, uh, that they were no longer needed and therefore weren't available. And when I asked for the, for the 2019 registers, they said, well, those aren't uh, relevant to the next election because there'll be a new version before 2020 elections. So I was, uh, that was a freedom of... Uh, information under the code on access to information i requested that and was denied um and you know that so that's the root cause of our problems and in introducing new laws um doesn't really solve it and if you have to ask why why now and why this uh, we already have laws against treason sedition uh rioting 10 years in jail for that um and arson and um so on. So there, there are adequate um, uh, uh, laws in Hong Kong to deal with the violent elements that uh, participated last year, um, and, and uh, those are being used. In, in uh, you know, there'll be huge numbers of prosecutions from it. So then, what's the purpose of this new law? Well, clearly, it must be to introduce new offences or broaden existing offences. So a wider definition of sedition, for example, um, or. Uh, most notably the fourth limb, which is um, a, a law against collusion with foreign influence. Um, and that's probably the most alarming one, because does it mean that every time Anson Chan or Martin Lee visits Washington that they are uh, breaking the law in Hong Kong and they will be arrested on their return for colluding with foreign influence? Uh, it, it, we haven't seen the law yet, of course. There are posters all over Hong Kong um, urging people to support a law that nobody has seen. There's wacky announcements on TV saying, without a country there is no family, which I simply don't understand. I mean, countries tend to interfere in families with things like the one-child policy and the hukou permits that prevent them migrating across the country um, and the law against gay marriage and so on. Um, you know, th those, um, th those are... Um, uh, nationalistic interference in personal choice. Uh, so it's uh, completely upside down. Of course, without the people, there is no country. It's the other way around. So the, 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 
the propaganda campaign to support this uh, new law that nobody's yet seen, except possibly Tam Yu Chung, but then they took it away from him after he'd looked at it. I mean, what? <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre situation. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, David, what, what do you make of the fact, um, you know, that the, the Hong Kong stock market is doing pretty well and that billions mm. of dollars have <clears throat> pumped into buying up Hong Kong shares then? Well, that, that does, that's a, a, a separate um, entity, really. I mean, two, two-thirds of the stock market is mainland companies and the value of those doesn't greatly vary um, according to what happens in Hong Kong because they have tiny or non-existent business um, profiles in Hong Kong. Um, the uh, the cost of money, the interest rates have been squashed by the Federal Reserve printing huge amounts of new money to uh, tackle COVID. They're buying up the US government bonds and flattening out the interest rate curve and that means that um, the the expectation expectation of the value of future earnings goes up as well um, and uh, you know mainland companies are busy busy issuing uh, US dollar bonds at record low interest rates to finance themselves so that's had a supportive effect on equity values, um, although I do think that some of the tech companies are very overvalued and there'll be a day of reckoning on that because more and more money has gone into index funds to chase it. So, um, But basically, you can't treat the Hang Seng Index as a barometer of sentiment in Hong Kong or, or outlook for Hong Kong. Our, the prospects for Hong Kong's economy are much more driven by... Um, local issues, um, the rate at which we could uh, begin to welcome tourists from clean, uh, COVID clean countries like New Zealand back, for example, um, the extent to which we open our own border with the mainland and risk uh, reinfection from the new outbreaks that are happening there, um, and, and, and ultimately the extent to which we can uh, rejuvenate the economy by restoring or, or a- adding democratic accountability to the system so that peaceful people will accept the government that they've chosen. That's not happening and uh, it's unresolved. Let's bring in uh, Felix Chung now. Mr Chung, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. Uh, what difference do you think this law will make to the business environment in Hong Kong? Uh, up to now, the business uh, sector in Hong Kong uh, is very calm. Um, they're just waiting for the details of the law. But there are two uncertainties, of course. One is, uh, as I said, we're waiting for the detail of the national security law from the NPC. The other one is the response uh, from the Western world, especially from the United States. Especially uh, Donald Trump already announced that they will vote uh, the Hong Kong Policy Act which we have since 1992, uh, what sort of sanctions is going to do. I mean, that sort of uncertainty that will um, affect uh, the business sector in Hong Kong. But we will separate that into two different categories. The first one is the uh, local uh, business community. Uh, Right now, it seems that the local community do not um, mind too much about uh, the national security law that's going to impose by the by the Beijing government. Um, part of the reason why is um, the local business community want to have a stable, a certain business environment, which we believe that, or they believe that, uh, that will um, certainly help uh, the stability uh, in, in the local business, especially um, the social unrest or the violence happen again um, um, recently, um, so um, the local business sector really want to have a stable and certain environment. But the, the other category is the international business sector. Um, 
foreign investment, um, they of course will depends on the sanctions. Whether the, the how how bad is the sanction from the United States? So, um, but you know, this sector is very, very realistic. When there is a market and there is um, business to do. Uh, even though the situation is getting worse or is not as good as it used to be, I mean, they still will come and uh, will invest. I mean, Uber is a very good example. I mean, they understand, uh, they make announcements several several weeks ago they're going to move the, head, the Asian headquarters from Singapore to Hong Kong. They they already know that there will be uh, national security laws going to impose. Yeah, but that's because they've sold yeah. their business in Singapore to Grab. They they don't have a business in Singapore anymore. Yeah, but it's, well, it's, and it's still illegal for them to operate in Hong Kong. Well, of course. I mean, that's that's the the, the business decisions. But why why if, if they worry about Hong Kong, worry about the business environment in Hong Kong, worry about well, the they, national security law? They they have other choose. They might go to uh, Taiwan. I think they might go to. So, so that's the, the that's part of the example. That might not be. I think a, it says nothing, example, Felix, because Uber's drivers are mostly operating illegally because of the government's uh, uh, um, quota of taxi and uh, hire car permits yeah, and, and the anti-competitive market that the government runs. I mean, even if they think that it's right now it's illegal to, to run the business, do they come? Why do they want to come? Because there's a big market here. Uh, no, because they need to have a regional headquarters. Um, Felix, when, when you uh, are talking about the details of the national security law that the business community is calmly awaiting, um, you know, what sort of details would worry the business community? Uh, David Webb mentioned uh, the part on collusion with foreign and external influences. Um, would, would that be a concern to you? Well, as I said, we separate into two different categories. For the local business community, they don't care too much about that because they they understand that they they won't have any connections with foreign uh, foreign parties or whatever. They just do a local business, right? So for international community, uh, that might be different. So that, that's that's why I say I separate that into two different categories. The international one maybe have more concern about that, but the local local business sector. Uh, what the chief executive said was that it will actually improve the local uh, business uh, environment; that it will restore business confidence. Do you think? Do you think that's true, uh, Felix Chung? Because I think David Webb was suggesting that the underlying problems which caused the unrest uh, haven't gone away. So you'd expect more unrest, or do you think that with this new I, legislation, all the troublemakers will be in jail anyway? So that it'll be peaceful and calm. No, I, I think the troublemaker will, will still be here. It, it won't go away. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether that will really... You don't think there'll be indefinite detention in secret locations? Well, I'm not sure. But, uh, as I said... It's amazing, uh, isn't it, Felix, how many business groups have lined up to support this when they haven't even read it yet? I mean, the, all the major banks and Hongs, uh, Jardines and so on, have uh, declared their support for a law that's not yet been read. It's amazing. I mean, in, in Hong Kong, we make laws in the open. If you're a legislative councillor yourself, you know that bill, bills are drafted and published. And in China, it's all done behind closed doors. I know, but you have to ask them. I'm not representing them. So I, I cannot representing them saying why they, they support that without seeing all the details. Do you support the bill? Do you support the bill? Yes, I already declare. That so you haven't what, seen it? be much better if we can do it by ourselves under the Article 23, right? 
But unfortunately, the, the, the Hong Kong government doesn't have the ability or, or lose all, all the time to do it. So, I mean, the, um, so if it forced the central government to step in, but isn't that, doesn't that worry you that then they, they might use the same mechanism in Annex 3 of the Basic Law to pass laws on extradition, for example, which they could say is beyond the limits of the autonomy of the SAR because it involves people being extradited from the mainland? Yeah, so, they, they put this way. Could they of do course, that? The, the Beijing government could do whatever they want to do within the legal, legal framework. Okay. But I don't think the Beijing government will really want to hurt Hong Kong. Beijing government won't hurt Hong Kong too much, but the, the American government may hurt Hong Kong. I mean, the American government right now, Donald Trump, is only targeting on his elections, presidential sure. elections, right? He's only protecting his own interests, not protecting the interests of the Hong Kong people. Do you, think, do you think Beijing understands, though, that they are hurting Hong Kong, even if they don't intend to? Because you know, the, 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 all of the recent actions, including the national anthem law, say so. Uh, they, they don't seem to get that you can't command and order respect. You have to earn it. It's just a simple, just a very simple legislation. I, I, I don't understand why people worry so much well, about Well, then you don't understand the point, which is that the I national mean, anthem law orders people to respect the anthem rather than trying to earn their respect. respect. Why don't you respect your country? Why don't you respect your national anthem? I really don't understand. Why do you make... Why do you need a law that jails you for three years for not respecting it? Shouldn't you have the freedom of choice? So, so why... So please respect... I mean, the, 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 there's, the, in the U.S., people are taking the knee at their anthem because they disagree with certain governmental policies, and uh, and now that's been an acceptable form of protest. You've seen footballers all over the world that uh, kneeling during their anthems. Uh, why can't people express their dis dissatisfaction? But that's a choice. Okay, somebody can can um, can do whatever they want to do without being jailed. Responsible for their behaviour. But, you're, but you support a, bit, a law which says that they will be jailed if they do, for three years, for disrespecting the anthem. Well, if you break the law, if you break the law... You can't just say, if you break the law, that, that therefore all laws are OK. I mean, why not have a law against walking down the street then, and if you break it, you'll be jailed? I mean, no, there, has, there has to be... Uh, well, you're saying that if, if the law is the law and it doesn't matter what the law says, you should still be jailed for it. So you're well, saying that, that justifies the National Anthem Bill. The National Anthem Bill is nothing, is nothing special. It's not harmful. All right? So, I, I mean... Well, it, it is if you, you want to uh, satirise the anthem. Share opinion. doesn't matter. I mean, you have your own, ex your, your own ex uh, opinion. You have your freedom of expressing what whatever you want to say. But this is your own opinion. I'm so sorry. As long as you don't mind being jailed for it. Is that what you're saying? You could, you're free to disrespect the anthem or satirise it, to parody it. I respect the national anthem anyway. All right, some some uh, emails. Uh, Backchat.rthk.hk is our is our email address. A, c a couple addressed to uh, Mr. Webb. Alonzo, first of all, says David Webb said there's been plenty of prosecutions against protesters under existing laws. Can he cite numbers? Media reports indicate that while there were thousands of arrests, most were subsequently released without charge, and that very few have thus far been tried. 
uh, that comes yeah, from well, you can ask that you can ask the Department of Justice for the figures that they've currently got, but there are hundreds underway. You have to pr prove offences beyond reasonable doubt, and simply arresting people for being in the wrong place at the wrong time doesn't doesn't rise to the standard of uh, of, of proof. Uh, so, of course, a large proportion of those arrested um, uh, will be uh, released um, and never charged. Uh, but there will be a lot of people uh, facing charges for rioting, um, which carries a jail sentence of up to 10 years. If they can get video evidence of who, who they were and what they were doing, they'll be prosecuted. Um, and frankly, they should be. That's what the law says. Um, that, you know, we don't need violence as an, as an element of protest in Hong Kong. We want people's rights to protest to be returned to them and not hidden behind the, f the, the, the law that is currently being used, which is the public gathering regulation. Uh, which, by the way, doesn't have any legal standing now because the chief executive can make those laws on her own, but only if there is a high probability of a large number of deaths. And that's simply not the case anymore. We didn't, we didn't uh, introduce regulations when there were 300 deaths from influenza last year. We've had five deaths so far, I think, from COVID. Um, and we've had zero transmissions locally for about three weeks now. Okay. So those, those laws no longer stand. All right, here's, here's another one. Uh, this is from LK, uh, who says, this is a question for David Webb. Uh, climate change is a growing threat to Hong Kong and to other cities in the Pearl River Delta. Mm. The Delta is by definition low-lying. Low-lying cities are at high risk from rising sea levels, among other risks such as fresh water shortage. Uh, my question is, do you think discussing climate risks will be seen as a national security matter? Addressing climate change requires international cooperation. And because the role of government in setting policy is crucial, will criticism of current environmental policy be seen as criticism of the government? Well, well, we have to see what the law says, but it does, it does worry me that uh, any form of interaction with foreign politicians not sanctioned by the Hong Kong government by our legislators or, or other, even other people in, in the community with influence um, could be seen as uh, um, collusion with foreign forces. Depends Because you've had these ridiculous claims from both C.Y. Leung and Carrie Lam that all of the protest movement was driven by foreign forces, never having produced any evidence of that. But um, if they can simply reduce it to a charge of visiting Washington, D.C. and talking to congressmen, um, then, then uh, you can certainly prove that. You can just get the photos that they were together and uh, lock them up when they come back. Um, the, there is an, a concern, I think, for business people as well, that uh, what if their employees uh, are, are, are um, pro-democracy and a actively so on their private Facebook pages, but in public, publicing, publishing those opinions, um, then um, could they be forced, as Cathay Pacific was, to when it fired its chief executive, basically, um, uh, could they be forced to purge those people from their workforces? I mean, the, the CEO of Cathay was uh, forced to resign over something one of his employees did. And that kind of uh, fear, this sort of inverse McCarthyism, where if, you're, if your employees don't all support the Communist Party, then you'll be in trouble. Yeah, that, well, that's quite a, a, a risk for talent can, drain can I put that, Kong. Yeah, Can I put that to, to uh, Felix Chung? What, what, what about that, Mr Chung? What about the situation? Like with, our, like with uh, uh, the S... Uh, like with, uh, and civil uh, service. H HSBC, uh, HSBC uh, being pressurised by, by CY Lung. Is that... It, it, you know, you might say that doesn't look like a very healthy business environment. Well, I mean, um, uh, again, CY Learn can express whatever he wants to express. Whether HSBC list, uh, the decision is because from from CY Learn, I, I don't know, right? I mean, you you have to ask the 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 the, the chairman of HSBC or or, or the president of HSBC. I don't. You don't. But CY Long is a very important person in Hong Kong. 
He still is. Yep, CPPCC isn't vice ob- chairman I or mean, something. It's, it's pretty, pretty obvious, isn't it, there is immense political pressure on businesses to to express their publicly their support for this well, legislation. Well, I mean, of course, he, he's a he's an important person, but whether he's that influential, I'm not sure. Do you, you don't agree? You don't think there is immense uh, political pressure on companies to express support for this legislation? No. no. HSBC you certainly think, you think companies will, are free to say no? The, we don't support this. The, the, the interests of the corporations, rather than listen just to a person. Whether he's really have their influences or not, I'm not sure. I mean, certainly they, the HSBC's calculations will be based on the interests of the corporations. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, some more comments. Uh, this is from Jalal, who says, Welcome back, David Webb. We wish him the best of health. Let's be real. The proposals for the new national security legislation are a catastrophe for Hong Kong. In the short term, it's created a huge amount of uncertainty. In the long term, this draconian law will be abused by our unaccountable government. That comes uh, from uh, Jalal. Jay says, Carrie Lam is a hypocrite. She and CY Lang were the cause of this problem by not listening to all the mushrooms. Then we are told these laws will help, but we have more worms coming out the woodwork. We need to employ David to assist Carrie with employing an intelligent government. Fortunately, David hasn't been nobbled. That comes from, uh, from uh, Jay, uh, who also added, uh, adds, many people who are educated in England 30, 40 years ago sing the national anthem in school and don't care about it. In Hong Kong, my child's school and many other schools play the Chinese national anthem. Kids learn it, they don't care, they don't think about it, but they know it. Uh, now we have people making a big point of it just for a power ego trip. Many of the new generation in Hong Kong born, they're not allowed to be Chinese because their parents aren't. That comes uh, from uh, Jay. Uh, uh, Felix Chung, thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us uh, this morning. Uh, Whitman Hong, MPC delegate, will be joining us. Uh, Deputy will be joining us uh, with uh, David Webb after the news at night, so uh, stick around. One more comment from Drake, who says, Ah, there are cases of the app being banned of app being banded on the mainland for releasing air pollution index god only knows if they'll be charged with subversion destabilizing the society and picking quarrels that is from drake okay more after the news at nine before that the weather mainly fine and hot apart from some isolated showers with temperatures up to 32 degrees uh today 30 degrees at the moment and the relative humidity is at 78 percent quite a save you're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Bank Chat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about the national security legislation uh, and business. Uh, we were joined by Felix Chung in the first part of the programme. Uh, joining us now uh, is uh, Whitman Hong, a principal liaison officer with the Hong Kong Shenzhen Shanghai uh, Authority and a deputy to the National People's Congress, along with uh, our guest, in, also in the first part, uh, David Webb, uh, shareholder activist, chief editor of Website. Dot com. Uh, if you want to contribute, please give us a call. Join the conversation, 233-88266. We'll put you on air. Or you can comment on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. Um, or you can uh, send us an email, and we'll do our best to uh, read that out. Uh, Richard, thank you for your very interesting uh, email about the uh, border dispute between China and India, which we did talk a, bit, a little bit about yesterday. I think I'll just uh, maybe uh, carry that over towards the end of the programme uh, today so we can stick with the uh, main theme uh, f- uh, on that topic uh, Mike in an email says David I couldn't have said it better myself 
Uh, in fact, I have over the past few weeks. I find it somewhat humorous but sad that we focus so little on the idea of what kind of people are so insecure with their position of authority that they have to continue to kill chickens to scare monkeys. So if you can follow my logic, if it all goes wrong, we can blame Trump. Uh, GT says, one of my biggest worries is China pushing the law they have over the border for a legal requirement to everyone report every 24 hours the movement and location of every foreigner. If that happens in Hong Kong, there's going to be some serious trouble. Uh, and uh, Jay says, HSBC was supposed to be blackmailing their staff over jobs. Why is the ICAC not involved? That comes uh, from Jay. Once again, backchat.rthk.hk is, is our email address. Uh, uh, Whitman Hong, good morning to you. Morning. Thank you for much indeed for, for, for joining us. Um, so as so we were saying at the beginning, the chief executive has said that uh, this national security legislation will be very effective in restoring business confidence. Um, you, you agree with that? And, and what gives you that? Why do you think that? Yeah, I, well... I have I agree with that first of all, and I've been, uh, you know, I, of course I just heard you, all your email and then what David just said uh, a little bit. Um, but from the business community that I um, run into, I've never heard anybody expressing that it's uh, there will be a negative effect. In fact, a lot of people, especially if their business is in the retail business, in the hospitality business, people are praying to have a safe environment. Now, whether the new legislation really, really bring Hong Kong back to when it was a very safe, one of the safest cities in the world, I do not know. But at least the business people are hoping that it will. Um, and I've been also reading some of the surveys um, by the uh, HGCC and by the MCM as well. So um, the GCC said um, a majority of respondents, which is, well, a little bit of over a majority, 61%, believe the law will either have a positive impact or no impact at all on their businesses over the long term. So I believe, you know, that could be... Um, how many said positive out of the 61? I do not have the detailed figures. Okay. Um, so it could be lots so of... So it could say, be, it could it be just... No yeah, true, true, true. So, and then also um, there were... They asked... For the day-to-day -day operation, 25% of respondents expected law to have a negative impact. Now, that was actually quite a surprising uh, result. But I can understand. I, I think one of the things that I just listened to, uh, the emails that you just read to me, um, reporting foreigners in China every 24 hours, are we living in the 70s? And I do not recall there's a law that requiring that right now. So maybe when I was a kid... <laughs> I heard about it. I do not know any foreigners then, but, you know. Well, I don't think you need to have them reported. You just track their mobile phones and, and you know, about their hotel rooms. <laughs> well, yeah, that, but that, that happens in the U.S. as well. The, 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 the that Chinese surveillance system is the greatest in the world, I believe. Uh, thank you for that. I, I take that as a compliment. No, um, you shouldn't. <laughs> um, well, it depends whether you're tracking the coronavirus or, you know, in, um, some other um, terrorists. Um, and then he said, uh, what kind of leader would be so afraid that, um, to have a national security law? Well, to my knowledge, most of the countries, uh, modern countries, um, that has, you know, that has laws have a national security law or more than one as well. So I do not know. Maybe you should ask those leaders why are they afraid? Well, uh, Carrie Lam and, and the Hong Kong SAR government has a majority operating in LegCo of pro-Beijing um, legislators. Why didn't she uh, table during her term 
legislation on Article 23. It seems to have caught her by surprise that the government suddenly stepped in in the mainland and said, we're taking it out of your hands. She hasn't seen it. The Secretary of Justice hasn't seen it. You can tell from their comments that they're not sure what's in it. Um, and, and basically they've been bypassed because she did not table a bill in, in the normal way and put it back to LegCo 17 well, years after it was last tried. Well, first of all, um, this new national security law is different from Article 23 uh, in terms of scope, in terms of, you know, um, the target that they are aiming at. There's some overlap. How is it different in scope? I mean, it's broader or narrower? No, it's just different. For example, uh, in Article 23, there's like leaking of uh, confidential information, national confidential information. It's not in this new law. Okay. This new law talks about... Um, Terrorism, um, terror, terror um, activities, which was not included in 23. Okay, we don't well, have time to go through detail, but there was a. There's a there's she could actually, have tabled laws on you, terrorism if, if you there could, was a need for that. If you Google it, you can find there's plenty of slides on the web that tells you the difference between the two. But, okay, but, but I, why didn't the Hong Kong government table the necessary legislation uh, on whatever asked, subjects? Well, you're asking the wrong person because I do not represent the Hong Kong government. But I can tell you from what I heard from the. Um, Mr. Wang Chen, when he tabled the first decision, because I was in the floor, uh, on this, uh, the decision to, uh, um, to order the, um, the standing committee to actually um, create this law. It says very clearly that, yes, there was a, um, you know, Article 23 in the um, basic law and the um, for whatever reason, it didn't specify what kind of reason. There's, there's a, you know, there has been a lot of negative. Um, I don't, I don't know how to translate it exactly in English, but um, you know, um, names, um, in terms of fear, in terms of other things for the Article 23, and make it in practical right now to pass the Article 23. So, even with a working majority in Lechko. I mean, is that was we that was the point where the government can't pass laws that the majority of LegCo supports. Well, first of all, for for, for Article Twenty Three, you do not you cannot win it by just a simple majority. I think. There's sure, you can. It's, it's the government shall pass legislation. Think, it's a majority, simple majority. It's not I, I think, amending I think the basic law. The, re, the reason given by um, certainly by the current administration, by by, by Carrie Lam, uh, and I'm not quite sure what the explanation was with previous administrations, including Cy Lung. But Carrie Lam says the the environment is not there. Yeah, they've in, all said it's Hong not Kong. the right time. Uh, it, it should be done. Right time. Does that mean? <laughs> doesn't that mean that there is not public support? It's the public. Uh, discontent. It's the public disquiet, which is was, which was the cause of not introducing. Well, as, again, I, you're asking the wrong person because mm. I can't explain why he's, she said that. If you ask my personal opinion, yes, there is a there had been a lot of public discontent for this and that, but there have been also a lot of different forces, including geopolitical political forces, that are affecting the current political environment in Hong Kong. Okay. Yes, so, um, but if you're if you're talking about you know. Uh, discontent over Article 23, and that's been there since 2003, hasn't it? Yes, um, and it has been, you know, it's not just discontent, it's about, you know, it's, it's in fact um, a wrong, I don't know, I don't know, wrong is probably the right, not the right word, but um, there has been a perception, okay, that people have created over the years by 
creating fear. Okay. By lying. All right. By creating things that was not there and and, and inventing a daemon that you know out of the blue. Okay. Okay, that might be true, but I think what you're saying would apply to the majority of people in Hong Kong because every poll, uh, every election, every you know uh, survey uh, has suggested that most people in Hong Kong support the Democrats. So you're saying that for 20 years, most people in Hong Kong have been wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is a wrong perception. Okay. On the article, most people the, in Hong Kong for 20 years have had a wrong perception. When they on see, Article 23, yes. When they see that even during this uh, secretive drafting process, the uh, the NPC's resolution called for making it illegal for foreigners to interfere in Hong Kong affairs. That's already been changed to making it illegal for Hong Kong people to collude with foreigners. Um, don't people have reasonable fear that uh, that they're that the scope has been widening and uh, uh, and don't you think if you put it to a public opinion poll or a referendum there would be a huge vote against making it illegal to talk to foreign politicians? Uh, I'm not sure if you what you just I mean, described isn't it is... it important to have dialogue between our politicians and legislators and for overseas ones as I, part I'm of the international I'm sure there community? was a lot of dialogue. I mean, di- dialogue is one thing. Colluding with a foreign government to overthrow your own government is another thing. Okay, I, I, well, the last already, I learned when I was in kindergarten, that was called treason. We, we already have laws against treason and sedition in the crimes ordinance. We don't, so we don't need I, this uh, law, I agree we? with you, but the, I don't know why it was not You agree not that we don't need this law because we've already got laws against it? If it can be an act. It's already in the crimes ordinance. It's, it's well, a, the but every of time when and sedition and sedition every time, Every time when those laws were put back on the table, you hear the... I, I don't like to use the word uh, pro-democrats because they are, they are not. Um, okay, the opposition parties will say, oh, these are very old laws. They shouldn't be there. Well, they, there's an old law against theft and it's still there. What, what's wrong uh, that, with being old? Uh, you tell, tell <laughs> Tanya. Don't it's tell so, me, okay? Yeah. I'm not a legislator in Hong Kong. The laws are already there. I, They're on the I, books I, and I they agree. are being they used. They should have been used. No, last there, there year. Was, there was a defence charge brought last year, a sedition, I believe. So there's already um, a, a And then look works. at what the legislator said about it. They said, oh, you shouldn't. It was a, oh, it's a, it's a law in the coffin. You're digging up from the grave. All right, but so wait, comments, wait, some comments from, from listeners. Uh, we've got quite a few uh, emails right. coming in. A, a common thread is, is the issue of kind of the secrecy associated with this bill, which perhaps we'll get to in just a moment. Uh, uh, first of all, Matthew, responding to Felix Chung in the first part, says, Felix, your party represents the business sector. The business community has chosen to support the CCP in support of its own self-interest, but now, ironically, it seems the consequences of having done that is that Hong Kong's unique business advantage will be destroyed. How can you say you support the bill without having seen it? You are not standing up either for regular Hong Kong people or the businesses you represent. You sound completely neutered. Uh, Paul in Taipo says, I disagree with David Webb. A few weeks ago, I didn't care much for any national anthems. But thanks to the new national anthem law, I now think ours is really great. What a super law. That comes from Paul, who may be being ironic. (laughs) Um, uh, Matt says, uh, David Webb is on fire this morning. It's such a shame that reasoned and logical arguments like his are simply not addressed by CCP supporters. The CCP have grown used to governing without supervision and scrutiny. A situation that will be extremely problematic to change. Uh, that comes uh, from uh, Matt. 
Professor Carol Peterson says, I really cannot understand why the central government is refusing to publish a draft of the law before bringing it into force. In this regard, it's behaving even more foolishly than Tung, Tung's government behaved in 2003. Had Tung's administration agreed before the protest march of the 1st of July to make some very reasonable amendments proposed by legislators, then the protest march would have been far smaller and the Liberal Party probably would not have withdrawn its support. Even unelected governments generally figure out that a government needs to be consultative if it wants to build trust and to promote reconciliation. Uh, Martin says, David Webb is a true advocate for Hong Kong's free and open society, economy and business. Compare and contrast the bizarre approach to the introduction of the national security law, which is in secret and which will be passed by the MPCSC without further scrutiny. Shows how the communists and its followers in Hong Kong are so dense as to dismiss the understandable concerns of Hong Kong's civilised, sophisticated and technology advanced society. It shows that communism is an outdated system of fear that should be considered signed to the dustbin and drake says the japanese are lobbying fund managers to relocate here what is the possibility thank you very much indeed for those comments back chat at rthk dot hk whitman hong what, what about that question of the the secrecy associated with this uh, with this uh, legislation that well seems to be on many people's first mind. of all i i uh, i do not understand the acquisition um it has not been passed okay it has been go through once with the um standing committee i think uh, I did not see it put to vote. Uh, there was a consultative sessions. Uh, of course, um, right now it's a it's a mainland. You know, it's a central government um, process, and their process um, in the past also they they have consultative um, on you know the processes. Um, I do not know when it will publish, um, but at least now saying that it won't. Before the voting, I think I think it's a bit too early. I thought they were going to release it to celebrate the SAR national, uh, anniversary on the first of July. Uh, apparently, they want to release it and, next. And, uh, and Whitman, that there's Tuesday. normally a 30-day consultation period, and according to Tam Yu Chong, um, the mainland authorities will not adhere to that 30-day consultation period anymore. So they are quite determined to endorse the law, as we have heard. Uh, slashing the time for public discussion. Um, why, why is there a, such a rush? Well, I think first of all is they see there's an urgency. Okay. Well, I do not have all the information they have, but there is an urgency. Okay. Whether it's there's a, I don't know, a, you know, the, what they what happened last year will come back again. I don't know whether whether there is, um, they have well, this, evidence this, this that law, foreign governments is getting really into our Hong Kong local situation. This, and this law probably does nothing to stop that. I mean, it, we've heard that the sentences will be between three and ten years in jail. Well, we can, you, you, rioters can already be jailed for ten years. Um, and, but it's and different. Right people, now, you can, you can jail people for arson, for, you know, for hitting people, but it's very hard to prove whatever was provided funding at the back. Okay. So, so you're pointing to the uh, provisions on collusion that those might carry 10-year jail terms as well. I mean, maybe that's the new element that's being introduced. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. I haven't seen the law I don't, myself. I'm not so sure I that that would really deter people like Martin Lee from visiting Washington. He's an old man and, uh, and uh, very well respected in the international community. And if he gets jailed for 10 years, he'll be a national hero, won't he? Mr. Hong, I th I th it's really fair to say, isn't it, that this is done with a great deal of secrecy. Nobody in Hong Kong has seen, I mean, possibly Tam Yu Chung has seen this law and it's going to be enacted, uh, it's expected, very, very soon, uh, within a week or so. That's, um, that's very unusual. Why is that being done? Well, 
Number one, well, I guess you're asking the wrong person because I didn't make that decision. Well, you're an NPC but, deputy, so, but, you know. You know, I, yes. Yeah, so, but they have so, no power. Don't you understand, Hugh? Well, I mean, well, they, gonna, <laughs> you know, we, we have submitted, including myself, submitted um, suggestions about how the law should be made. Okay, this uh, process been done a um, few weeks back, once we were back. Um, now, we, we have agreed not to disclose those suggestions so that, it's uh it's we not do not want to use like external or, or you know press kind of um or uh, public, pressure public, public pressure public. you know to to affect the Why way they can, because you, this is national security yes okay but you, you uh, maybe you know a lot about hong kong to the national people's congress shouldn't you speak for hong kong i and, am and i, uh, I did and, and tell, tell us what you told them well uh, I promised I didn't, so I, I wouldn't, so I probably would refrain from doing that. But I, I can tell I mean, you one. The NPC in Hong Kong doesn't even have a website to, uh, for people in the public domain to send in comments to, to the delegates like you. We does it? do um, have been. We have been talking about you know creating an office, a secretariat. Okay, but there were fears that. Um, that this may create a negative impact on the on the current administration of Hong Kong uh, SAR. Mr. So, Hong, I mean, it, you know, just objectively, that is quite odd, isn't it? That you are representing the you say you are representing the people of Hong Kong, um, but you can't say what you said um, to the people of Hong Kong. Well, as I said, this is about national security. Okay, um, to me, that is. Number one, it's I'm not a professional in that. I'm not sure if Mr. Webb is. Uh, I hope he's not. But you know, there are things that we, even as a legislator, may not fully understand. Okay, I think this applies to any country when it comes to national security, when it comes to, you know, this kind of um, activities. What you know? How do you, for example, uh, uh, investigate? cases like these you know i'm do you, do you definitely think that people will be extradited um in severe cases and to face charges in the mainland under this from what law? i heard from uh Tam Yuchung and also subsequently there was some press uh they said in very you know specific cases now, i do not know how do you define it. I, I i suspect you should define it you know what kind of mm. when you, what what kind of cases you should call it specific cases in any law but you know, I can only imagine... It will be put on the high-speed train to China and uh, tried in, in the mainland. No, the law said, from what I read from the press, okay, um, that the, uh, the trials will be done in Hong Kong um, using Hong Kong judges, okay? Carefully and, selected Well, by the chief executive. We've heard that much, I think. Yes, yes. Um, and not, I think that's, a, right. fair, that's a fair thing to do because I've... Well, I've, no, the Chief Justice chooses judges to hear cases normally. They're, 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 the, the judiciary handles the allocation of cases, not well, the Chief Executive. The chief, because well, the Chief Executive is actually on the side of the prosecution. She has a Department of Justice no, prosecuting. If you read the basic law, I, I'm sure you did, the Chief Executive is both the head of administration but also the head of the whole SAR. Oh, now we're going to okay. this. Okay, uh, so he, she, she, she actually, she actually uh, appointed the chief justice as well. Uh, no, um, she does. She has to uh, propose him to LegCo for approval. The chief justice has just been approved by legislature. Yeah, but he, it's still appointed by uh, she, her. She doesn't have the outright right of appointment. 
um, and, and cases are allocated amongst judges by the judiciary to preserve independence from the, the Department of Justice, which is prosecuting. You can't have people in charge of both the prosecution and picking the judges. Yeah, but I think, I mean, David, where can I put it to you that, you know, all, all around the world you have special arrangements for national security. Uh, when you're dealing with national security, it's different. It's different from the usual yeah, kind but, of but, process, but, uh, both we, in the way it operates, the way it's enforced, uh, and, the, and the laws themselves. You have denotices and you have, you have all kinds of considerations you have um, you know you have secrets basically. and you have judicial independence and and uh, rule of law and proper processes and in hong kong's case well, we have one country two systems which will be violated if we start extraditing people in so-called special cases to be tried in the mainland that was what the whole extradition bill was uh, uh, all about um, and, and it, it was withdrawn from LegCo after the huge opposition to it. And, you know, we, we need to have laws against treason well, and sedition, and we education, do have those. If it's, if it's a matter of national security, then there may be reasons to conduct the, to conduct the trial uh, in the mainland. Just no. As it, just as in Spain, when there are, when there are problems no, in Barcelona, we then some judicial... issues will be tried not in Barcelona, but will be tried in, in Madrid no, by the central authorities rather no. than a breakaway republic. No, because under the one country, two systems uh, framework, Hong Kong has the right of judicial determination. And there may be occasions when they close the door of the court to hear um, uh, evidence that the judge is convinced involves national security and can't be heard in public. Very rare for that to happen. It happens sometimes in the UK as well when you're charging a terrorist with a crime um, and somebody from MI6 needs to give evidence, for example, and then they are anonymized and so forth. Uh, but that still happens within the, le the legal framework of the UK, and in Hong Kong's case, we were promised judicial autonomy in the Basic Law and the Joint Declaration. And just on that, uh, well, before we run out of time, I am delighted that the UK is finally uh, willing, um, given that they regard, if this law is, is enacted by the mainland, they regard that as a breach of the treaty. They're, say they're basically saying, well, in that case, we will do something we promised not to do before, which is to uh, virtually extend the right of abode to BNO passport holders. Uh, they can come to the UK for 12 months and they can work, they can uh, go through the processes to become citizens and then, of course, their children could become citizens after that. Um, and, uh, you know, th there's, there's already a brain drain underway anyway of people who can see the writing on the wall, uh, young graduates who are thinking they'd rather train uh, t uh, overseas uh, they might not be practicing Hong Kong law after 2047 if they're training in law. Um, and, you know, that, that brain drain is already happening. But if countries in reaction to this national security law start opening their immigration uh, doors uh, to the talent of Hong Kong, that, if nothing else, ought to put pressure on the mainland to think again. Because if the talent drains away, then what is Hong Kong? Are they going to, is there really a are they brain going to drain? replace Whit it? Whitman Hung, have you seen real signs of a brain drain? I have seen real signs of brain drains, but the reason could, you know, one of it could be what Mr. Webb just said, but there, I've heard other reasons. Okay, I have I, a friend of mine teaches in the Chinese university, which is my, uh, you know, where I graduated from as well. Um, a lot of the, his students is leaving Hong Kong for Singapore or mainland because they do not want to study in the university anymore because they are afraid they couldn't find a job because there's a, the name of Chinese university being called the whatever, violent, violence university, which I'm very sad about. So, you know, and, and this kind of brain drain. But I, what I want to answer to Mr. Webb's question is, first of all, there are countries who welcome immigrants from Hong Kong from day one. Okay, Australia, Canada, there's a lot of countries. UK was not one of them. 
Okay, now there will be one more. I think when a person decides where they want to move, where they want to work after graduation and when they want to move their family, there's a lot of consideration. Legal environment would be one. You know, employment market would be one. The, um, the culture would be one. Environment, um, you know, the air pollution. There's a lot of consideration. Yeah, but you could imagine that if, if young graduates and, and workers feel they're going to start being vetted for their political views um, before they can join the civil service, for example, because of the new well, dual loyalty to Beijing uh, and I, Hong Kong. Yeah, but that's um, the fear that you're painting out of the blue. Because that's, well, loyalty well, that's to Beijing, Patrick, loyalty to the People's Republic of China and the Constitution and the basic law. I think that is, you know, perfectly you know, right to ask, but you're painting a lot of fears that doesn't exist. You know, let me tell you this. When we have people from France, from Spain, from, you know, UK and America coming to Hong Kong for businesses in the past, okay, I, I've, I've met a lot of people from Europe, actually, uh, a lot of people, I don't know why, but there was, in the past few years, there's a lot of European coming to Hong Kong in my field, which is IT, Okay, and they're doing startups here because they want to go to the mainland, you know, go to the mainland China market, but they rather live in Hong Kong because they love it here. For what, you know, I don't know, was because of the bars or because of something else. But you know, and I'm seeing people coming. And again, another thing is, but at the same time, there are about 700 to 800 foreigners living, you know, in mainland China. There's a one million foreign investor companies in mainland China that has a national security law that has been under the CCP for a very long time. So if you're saying, oh, people will flee the, the city because of that, then why are those people not fleeing from mainland China? Okay, some uh, more comments to uh, finish off. Bowen says, uh, Whitman Hung is quite wrong to say that the government cannot pass Article 23 legislation in LegCo with a simple majority. He's mixed it up with, for example, trying to yeah. change composition of LegCo or the method of electing the CE, which requires a two-thirds majority. The argument that the CPG now needs to pass national security legislation for Hong Kong because the SCR government could not have done it is specious. They could have done it for a long time. What held them back was just that not having a convincing plan and arguments, they knew ramming it through LegCo with the support of the pro-establishment camp would wipe out the pro-establishment camp politically. In any case, if the SCR government had the audacity to ram something like the extradition bill through LegCo, it's extremely difficult to excuse it from not having to attempt it. the same thing with Article 23 legislation that comes uh, from Bowen. Uh, Drake says, former Chief Justice, the Honourable Andrew Lee, just said that having the Chief Executive to pick judges is not proper. Uh, JR says, Carrie has finally shown her worth, floundering almost from day one to actually make a decision and create real policies, etc. She's finally comfortable in her role, a product of a career in which you advance by not doing anything and waiting for a committee to make a decision. Carrie has now made a decision by the ultimate committee and higher power handing down a policy. As for the question posed by David Webb earlier about why hasn't Carrie tabled security law herself, I assume that to be a rhetorical question. See what I just wrote above. In addition to the fact that trying to table any law which essentially would replicate Article 23 or part of it would have no chance due to the opposition to it. Uh, Jay says, if the chief executive chooses judges, educate in Chinese law and not Hong Kong Western law, so we're screwed. Uh, Drake says most of the countries with national security laws also have democracy and good track records of judicial independence. 
Uh, and uh, GT says, as a foreigner with permanent ID in Hong Kong, and I go and speak to some of my friends in UK or US government, does that make me guilty of collusion, even though I'm not officially a citizen of China or Hong Kong? Uh, this is so confusing. That comes uh, from uh, GT. Uh, and Jay says, if you live in China, you're supposed to register with a local police station i presume if you're you know, you know if you're a foreigner part of this is that the police can keep an eye on you from a safety point of view other points depend on what type of business you're doing legal or illegal because if people don't have work permits they are illegal this is job creation paperwork but we don't hear of foreigners involved in terrorism in china and we've not heard of terrorism in hong kong either so why has hong kong become the capital terror place of the world is beyond me uh, uh, thank you very much indeed for uh, all those uh, emails and uh, all those comments. Uh, just a couple more here. I'll just uh, squeeze in. Uh, Peter M says Whitman accuses others of having false perceptions about an Article 23 law and even lying about it in the past, yet he blithely denies that there is any secrecy over the national security law, even though it's directed at Hong Kong and the Hong Kong population has not been given and may not be given sight of the bill before it's passed. Is that his interpretation of being intellectually honest? And Alan says, repeatedly the statement is made that all existing rules and laws must be broken or ignored, judicial independence overridden because of national security. Why most of Hong Kong opposes this law is that we know that this will not be used to protect national security, but to repress local political opposition. Hong Kong people simply want the basic rights and respect that were promised to them. That comes from uh, Alan. As I say, thank you very much indeed. Thank you to our guest this morning, to Whitman Hung, uh, a deputy to the National People's Congress, principal liaison office of the Hong Kong Shenzhen Chang high authority uh, and uh, to david webb uh, best of luck to you david webb uh, chief editor of uh, website.com um finally uh, as mentioned just that email from peter on the uh, on the border dispute between uh, china and uh, india i'll have to edit this a little bit for length uh, peter says the british forgery of the mcmahon line and its endorsement by the u.s in 1962 lies at the heart of india and china's border dispute the mcmahon line drawn at the behest of the british raj in 1914 has been adopted by the indian government as the definitive statement of its border with china in the northeast although the line has never been accepted by any chinese government maps drawn by mcmahon were left unpublished for decades the McMahon lines first appeared in 1937, 23 years after McMahon uh, drew it. Uh, there's uh, some more detail there. Uh, Peter concludes, as usual, the US has a strong interest in keeping the Indian-Chinese tension alive and prevent any settlement of the border dispute. Thank you very much indeed. Ada, many thanks to you. Uh, we'll be back at 8.30 tomorrow, leaving now with the latest weather. Mainly fine and hot, apart from some isolated showers. Maximum temperature today, about 32 degrees in the urban areas, a bit warmer than new territories. And the outlook is going to be hot for the rest of the week and a few showers from Wednesday to Friday. 30 degrees at the moment. The relative humidity is at 76%. To prevent the spread of COVID-19, try flexible working hours and staggered meal breaks. Wear a mask on public transport. Avoid crowded lifts. Try not to hold large meetings and reduce face-to-face -face contact with colleagues. Avoid meal gatherings. Stay away from crowds after work. Wash hands frequently and keep the workplace clean. If you feel unwell, stay away from work and see your doctor. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. 935, the news now with Todd Harding. European Union leaders say they've had a frank and intense exchange of views in a video conference with President Xi Jinping and Premier Li Keqiang over human rights in Hong Kong and an unbalanced trade relationship. At the conference, the EU warned China it would face very